Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nasalli ala Rasulihil Kareem amma ba'd. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So I want to welcome you all to another round of our Quran class. And so uh, this is, you can, whoever is joining the class, you can thank all the people who are pushing me to have the class is out of laziness. I was trying to avoid running the class this 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 uh, month. But uh, you've all seen the announcements. So five o'clock, inshallah, will be the um, going through Al-Fatiha and then going through the beginnings of Al-Baqarah. And then for those who want to join at six o'clock, if you've already gone through classes with me, um, uh, then we will begin Surah An-Nisa, Surah 4. And uh, most of you are familiar with my style, but for those of you who are new, just to give you um, uh, a heads up on how things will operate, it's it's essentially I'm coming in with tafsir in my head, commentary in my head, but the actual approach is going to be discussion. And it's going to be very, very slow, deliberate discussion. So over the course of the entire month of Ramadan, uh, we might literally make it through 30 ayahs. And so you're not going to go through this whole month with me, um, having mastered you know, all of Surah 2. But uh, because I focus on quality rather than quantity, we will be diving deep, maybe on average, an ayah per day. And uh, the it'll be open discussion. It'll be guided discussion. I basically know where the discussions will land. But as group, as a group, we will then get to whoever it is that is the target uh, uh, opinion on things or understanding of things and such. Uh, as many of you as can keep your cameras on, I would appreciate it uh, just because it's a lot funner to talk to human faces than it is to talk to words but uh you're not obligated to put your camera on you know so some of you might have other things going on by all means it's good to have all of you uh, in in the conversation feel free at any point to in to interrupt with any sort of question uh you're not gonna be able to ask a question that you know undergrads have not already asked me but you'll probably be a lot more polite about it and then on top of that uh more often than not I'll probably say, okay, we'll get to that, you know, in like a week, or sometimes I'll entertain it immediately, uh, as long as it doesn't feel like it's veering our class too far uh, off base. Having said that, uh, we are meeting seven days a week, except for Thursdays. So starting today, all the way until probably Eid, uh, uh, Friday through Wednesday. So basically seven days a week, just not Thursdays. I will probably forget to announce that to you uh, regarding Thursdays, but so today, tomorrow, Wednesday, whenever Ramadan begins, we'll be going all the way through, inshallah. Uh, any questions right off the top of your head about anything? Remotely, not remotely? And also, if you're more comfortable, you're welcome to type them into the chat box. So I have the chat box up. If someone raises their hand and I don't notice it, someone else, if you can nudge me to let me know. By the way, I don't know if this will work right now. I discovered that if you hold your hand up uh, on some versions of Zoom, it'll automatically raise your hand. Okay, yep. Uh, MK, come on in. Were you just raising your hand? Is that you, Kibria? All righty. And as you can yeah, see, in the yeah, back, that was me. Yeah. That was me. I'm sorry. I was just testing it out. Oh, mashallah. Do you, do you have a question too? 
No, I was just okay. starting my trouble. Okay, yeah. Gabriel is a big troublemaker here. Gabriel is also like a big superstar in the community. He's pretending to hide. Uh, you also see in the back, random students are just sneaking in. Um, this is their chance to come in without my permission. So, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're, they're all welcome here. And pretty soon they're all going to be sitting on top of each other. But any other questions about anything else? Oh, by the way, the target length of each class is not an hour. The target length of the class is about 30 minutes. Uh, but I'm blocking out an hour in case our discussions go that long. The hard stop will be after 60 minutes, but the target is 30 minutes of content. And usually it'll probably go to 35 minutes or so. Um, and part of that is because especially when you're fasting, um, you know, cognition and learning ability at this point in the day is going to decline very, very quickly. And my interest in teaching all of you will also decline. I guess the, the golden question is, is this being recorded? This is being recorded every single day that I remember to record it. And today I have remembered. And so I will okay. try to post it. I will be putting together a Google Doc that will have a copy of the links for all the recordings. And then in a moment, you will also see uh, my OneNote that I use that I'll be writing on. And I'll either post the OneNote itself or links to the OneNote. Once I figure out how to do that, I always kind of remember and I always kind of forget. Uh, I encourage to take notes, even if it's just simple bullet points, uh, just as part of the, to help facilitate your own learning process. And, and otherwise, uh, if there are no other questions, then we can jump right in. Are there any other questions? By all means, those of you who are new, you will see everyone else is super comfortable in asking questions and you should be as well. There's no dumb questions here. I promise to give you as many dumb answers as possible, but your questions are all totally welcome. <laughs> you feel. And I don't know why Kibria keeps unmuting himself. Do you have something else to say, Kibria? Yeah. Are you? Uh, sorry, one more. Are you uploading them in SoundCloud and are they going to be in order? Because every time I get to your SoundCloud lectures, it's like one from 1938. The other one is from 2001. It'll probably be more like that. But in theory, I'm going to upload them into order. So you all can't hear the discussions, can you? No. Okay. Uh, I don't know how to make you all. Uh, yeah, you might also want to like put headphones on. So yeah, uh, I will try to upload them on SoundCloud. The undergrads here laugh at the fact that I have a SoundCloud and I'm not a rapper. But the, the point here is that they'll be uploaded on SoundCloud. I'll put links in the SoundCloud. Any other questions about anything? Outside and join it from okay. okay. Any other questions about anything at all? And if I knew it was that easy to kick them out of my class, I would have asked them when I would have said something else. So. Okay. Uh, by all means, if you do have questions at a later point, uh, do interrupt. Also, uh, as the past students know, uh, I'm an old Desi uncle who loves being stubborn and loud in his opinions. And you're welcome to push back and disagree. But I promise you, I will be saying all kinds of inappropriate things over the course of the next month. None of them are intended to be offensive in any capacity. They're more me just saying inappropriate things. You'll see. You'll see as we go through. I mean, these people have returned, so they've survived. Yeah. All right. So having said that, let us jump right in. Let me launch the, um, you guys should hear stuff from 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, first and foremost, please uh, confirm for me that you can see my OneNote screen. Can you all see it? Somebody give me a thumbs up. Okay, perfect. All right. So first, some preliminary points to consider. Uh, in the context of the Quran of Surah Al-Fatiha, the first surah itself, but the Quran 
in terms of how we approach it. Okay. So the most common approach that we have in our community to the Quran is primarily uh, memorization and recitation okay. with a certain amount of understanding, either by way of translation or a commentary. All of these are good, but we often don't frame in our minds how the Quran operates. Okay. So what I want you to do for a moment is imagine uh, this idea of embodiment. This is the principle of embodied knowledge. So you go to school, let's say you're getting a degree in the history of France. Okay. You're probably going to learn French to a high level. You're probably going to learn the history of France. You're probably going to also uh, read French literature and such. Uh, you may not ever visit France. Okay. You might never have any consideration that you yourself want to be French, but this is a topic that you like. Okay. This is informative knowledge. You're consuming everything. Okay. Not with any intention that it affects you, but all knowledge affects you. Okay. Transformative knowledge is embodied in the sense that you take a small nugget of knowledge, you digest it, you process it, you internalize it, you act upon it, and then it causes some change in you. Okay. And that's what the knowledge we're speaking about here that the Qur'an being 6,000-some ayahs is at the very least 6,000-some nuggets focused on transformation, okay? And the goal is to embody the material with the result being our own personal transformation, okay? Now, who's the first audience of the Qur'an? Anybody, how would you answer that question? Any thoughts? Feel free to guess. Somebody, who do you think is the first audience? Everybody's too afraid to communicate. Right. Nader. Okay. Uh, let's see. Nader and then Sadia. Nader. Uh, the Prophet. Okay. Sadia, what were you going to say? Grace. The Quraysh? Okay. So the actual first uh, target that we teach is that it's the generation of the Prophet, peace be upon him, but the first audience is actually the Prophet himself. Meaning, in its primary function, the Quran is Allah speaking to the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay? So the first audience... is the prophet, peace be upon him. Okay. Now, again, if you think about it, it makes common sense. But when the Quran is speaking to the prophet about Moses, peace be upon him, it's actually speaking to the prophet about himself through the lens, through the story of Moses. When the Quran is speaking to the prophet, peace be upon him, about Mary, Maryam, it's speaking to the prophet about himself through the story of Maryam. Let me reframe this to help make the sense of this. When you're reading a novel or when you're watching a movie, there's usually going to be a primary main character. And you as the audience member, you're actually experiencing the movie through that person. So 
I mean, corny example, if you're watching, you know, Iron Man, even if demographically you are nothing like Tony Stark or Iron Man, you're still experiencing the whole story through him. Yeah. Meaning in those two hours, you are Tony Stark, you are Iron Man. Yeah. And so think of anything, whether we're talking about Pride and Prejudice, whether we're talking about other works of literature, you are the main character. You're not just observing, but you're also experiencing the feelings of the main character. Okay. So now if you understand that, if that makes sense, bring this back to the Quran. When the Prophet is being told about Maryam, alayhi salam, okay, what do they have in common with each other except that they're both believers? No, she gives birth to the word, Isa, alayhi salam. That the word, the uh, Isa, alayhi salam, comes from Allah through her. And that is the Prophet and the Quran, right? That Allah is giving us the Quran through Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. When the Prophet is being given the story of Moses, peace be upon him, as the leader of a community, that's Muhammad, peace be upon him, being told through the story of, of Musa, like peace be upon them. Likewise for all the other characters in the story. Yeah. And so with the Prophet being the primary audience, he's the primary character. And all of these other characters in the Quran are representing different facets of him. So Noah, peace be upon him, his whole story is about doing da'wah, right? Musa has many, many dimensions, but Ibrahim, alayhi salam, part of it is his dimension of being this person on his own, and then also then calling people and so forth and so on. And then everyone else you, you, you can think of in the Quran as a character is a variation of the Prophet, peace be upon him. So, and so it's as though <clears throat> when we think of the Prophet, peace be upon him, he is all of the characters, all of the prophets of history, all the super upright people. So others includes Maryam alayhi salam, uh, Hidr, uh, Luqman, all of them are pieces of the Prophet, peace be upon him. So, meaning the primary function of the Quran is Allah is speaking to the Prophet, peace be upon him. So Jewel asked a very good question. Where would Jibreel fit into this chart? So first and foremost, we barely ever see Jibreel as a character in the Quran. There's a few places like in Surah Al-Najm, Surah 43, where it speaks in very abstract language of the Prophet coming closer and closer and further and further away. And then likewise, what is the role of Jibril? Jibril's role is to give whatever he, he has been given and then deliver it exactly as he has received it. So same thing, right? Jibril Islam is also part of the story of the Prophet, peace be upon him, while at the same time being the teacher of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay. Uh, Jewel, let me know if that makes sense. So all of these are are all of these different figures are pieces of the prophet peace be upon him uh kibria sorry that was accident okay then we get to level two which is the prophet's audience peace be upon him which is essentially his generation So this would be, as Sadia mentioned, this would be the Quraysh. This would be his followers. This would be later on the hypocrites. This would be people, the, the, the people of the book, so forth and so on. 
And now he is the mouthpiece. So whereas with the Prophet, peace be upon him, the narrator was Jibreel, alayhi salam, except for a couple ayahs, delivering what Allah is giving. Now the Prophet is the narrator reciting all this, but the Prophet is part of the package. So for level two, the second audience, I'd like you to consider that the Prophet and the Quran are inseparable. That if I'm a person living in Mecca in the year 610, okay, so when the Prophet first, peace be upon him, starts receiving revelation, 100% of my Islam is coming through his person. Okay. Primarily through speech. Now, why is that important that it's coming through speech? Why is it important that it's coming through recitation? It's emphasizing what is going to be one of the most fundamental lessons of the whole class, relationships. Okay. And this we're going to be repeating as we go through Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, if we get to it today. That relationships are one of the central most aspects of the whole tradition. Boom. As illustrated first by how the deen is even shared. You have to be within hearing distance to be able to hear the recitation. Now today I might have a book, today I might have the internet, I can have complete disconnection from all human beings. But at that time it's literally person to person to person to person. So if I go to someone who heard from the Prophet, peace be upon him, it's still the relationship connection. If all you get from the entirety of this month is that relationships are one of the most central aspects of Islam, then the class was a success. Okay. Hopefully you'll get a little bit more. But the point here is that that then gets into level two, emphasizing. So with level one, we're speaking of embodiment. And then level two is then relationships. Professor, question for you. Danya. Um, for the embodiment portion, so all the other prophets and like upright characters are the prophet in some facet. So are all like the antagonists in the Quran? Can we apply the same kind of logic in that they are antagonists in the prophet's life? 100%. I mean, isn't it the case that uh, the prophet, peace be upon him, what did he call Abu Jahl? He said, he's the Pharaoh of my time, mm -hmm. right? And that's exactly it. That's a, a perfect uh, extrapolation from this, that the opponents that Noah had, you know, peace be upon him, were the leaders of society who were calling on their people not to follow him, to stick to their idols. That's exactly what the prophet had, peace be upon him, you know? Uh, and then likewise, Ibrahim, alayhi salam, he has the various people who are opposing him, like the people of his community, you know, who decided, all right, that we don't know what to do, we're gonna put them into a fire. You know? So you really can draw each example, like actually has a, a this is so interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so that's literally every single character is part of the story of the prophet, peace be upon him. And so what are we essentially saying? We're saying that every passage is willful uh as it applies to the prophet's life, peace be upon him. May not be as relevant to my life but it's definitely his story. And so when the prophet, peace be upon him, is then delivering all this to everyone else, he's delivering it because he's being told to deliver it. But now he becomes the narrator and he becomes an active living part of, of the story. Okay, so this brings us to the third generation, the third level, which is all of us. And so this is, the audience is all everyone else. And now we get into the issue of interpretation. 
all of these have levels of interpretation, but a way to think about it is that in level one, Allah is speaking directly to the Prophet, peace be upon him, in his immediate context, in his immediate language. With the people of Arabia, the Prophet, peace be upon him, is speaking to them immediately regarding issues that they're facing in his life, you know, in their dialect, so forth and so on. With all of us, that all changes. And so there's essentially three common modes of interpretation. One is specific. One is general. And the third is personal. So these are the genres of interpretation. Specific is the backstory. What is the story behind the revelation in each verse? Okay. And that's all it is. What's the story behind Iqra Bismillah right? What's the story behind the revelation of Al-Fatiha? And whatever else we can gather from it. General is now trying to figure out how do I understand this in a universal context? Okay. And then personal, what does Allah seem to be saying to me in this moment? Okay. So those are modes of interpretation. But then in terms of modes of explanation, these are some terms that you're all familiar with. One is tafsir. One is ta'wil. One is bayan. And then last is tadabur. These are the most common terms, okay? So tafsir, we often think that tafsir is, here's what the ayah says, but here's what it really means. No, that's not what tafsir is. Tafsir is, here's what the ayah says, and using my particular methodology, here's everything that's included in the ayah. Okay. So one tafsir might be trying to connect everything with teachings of the Prophet, peace be upon him, in the Hadith literature, so here's everything that's connected to this ayah, the universe of this ayah, right? Or another might be looking at the ayah through a legal lens. When we take these words, here's how it plays out legally. So tafsir is not, okay, here's what the ayah is and here's what it really means. That's basically saying God didn't know what he's trying to say, right? And I'm going to explain it to you. you know, tafsir is trying to give you the universe of the ayah depending upon the genre uh, of approach that I am taking, okay? Usually it's grammatical or it might be spiritual in terms of of uh, self-purification, or it might be something historical, comparative, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Ta'wil and Bayan uh, are not as rigorous. So Ta'wil is basically reflection on the ayahs. Bayan is more casual discourse. So if I'm giving you a lecture, uh, you know, a general lecture for the masses, we would call that a Bayan. Okay. And a ta'wil is more or less the same thing. A little bit more focus in ta'wil on explanation. Bayan, it might be more reflection. Okay. And then tadabur is trying to get into somewhat deep uh, interaction and reflection with the ayahs. So what we're doing is sort of like tadabur, not tafsir. Tafsir is I have in my head on these ayahs, which as is relevant, I'll share but there's specific things I want you to in internalize from these passages. And so this is essentially the dabur. So somewhat deep reflection. A way to think about it is when you're looking through a satellite photo at an island, you see the island on the surface, but then you know if you go underwater, the island just gets deeper and deeper and wider and wider. That's the dabur. It's trying to go start from the top and just try to go deeper and deeper. And this will make sense as we go through all this, especially when we go through the, uh, the first ayahs. Any questions about all this? So what we have, especially 
in level three is a focus on interpretation methodologies. How do I develop meaning? How do I understand what it is I need to do or to think? Okay. Any questions so far? Okay. So what then is the focus of the Quran? What we commonly teach is that the Quran is telling you how to live your life. Not wrong, not accurate. Because in terms of action, less than 10% of the Quran is do's and don'ts. So if the Quran is 6,000 samayas, less than 500 are ayahs that say do this or don't do this. And the more accurate number is probably between 250 and 350. There's other ayahs that you can kind of include in all this. But basically, we're saying 90% of the Quran is not do this or don't do this. Most of the Quran is focused on your thinking. Most of, your, of the Quran is focused on your understanding of how reality operates and how to navigate it. So essentially what we're saying here is that the Quran, it's teaching you about reality and how to live it. Some of it, we all know just from Islam 101, that, all right, that part of the design of this world is Allah Ta'ala is going to keep putting things in my way. Either it could be moments of prosperity, it could be moments of struggle, what have you. And then I'm making choices, then I'm going to die, I'm going to be held to account for those choices, right? That's that's what we all understand. Yeah. But a point to think about is that all of the things that Allah is going to put before me are by design for me, by design for me at that moment of my life. Yeah. With the specific purpose of opening the door for me to get closer to Allah. That is 100% of how life is designed. That 100% of life is designed to make it from a wider perspective that here's me, you know, March 20th, 2023. Let's say I'm scheduled to die in 19 years. You know, might be dying in 19 minutes, might be dying in 100 years. But let's say I'm scheduled to die in the year, let's say March 2039. Okay. 20, whatever, 19, 16 years. Okay. So, but also in those 16 or so years ahead of me, What's also scheduled will be each moment I'm going to be hit with struggle. Okay. What is also scheduled will be each moment that I'm hit with ease. Okay. The intensity of the struggle or ease is not set in stone. The moment is scheduled. The intensity is affected by a couple things. One, it's going to be affected by, you know, however Allah wills to make it at that point which might be a response to prayers. So for example, if we're taught that if you recite Ayat al-Kursi, Surah 2, Ayat 255, at the end of each of your farth prayers, whatever struggles you're going to be hit with are going to be diminished. Okay. Or for example, if you recite the last part of the last Ayat of Surah Tawbah after Fajr prayer, after Maghrib prayer, you know, seven times each, then that's also going to mitigate the, uh, the intensity of the struggles you get hit with. Right? Those are prescriptions that were given. That's one aspect of it. Another aspect is how do I react to whatever Allah hits me with? So one person gets a flat tire, they feel like their whole world is going to fall apart. Another person gets hit with a flat tire, they're like, all right, well, I got to take care of this. I can't do anything else about it, right? And so how we react to what happens in life 
is 50% of life. What Allah puts before us is 50% of life. So Allah puts something in ahead of me, you know, five minutes from now, and then how do I react to it? But everything that is hit, designed to hit me, its primary purpose, whether it's positive or negative, is it's an open door for me to get closer to God. That is literally the summary of the experience of reality. With an endless set of doorways until the moment of my death. Okay, and so what we're saying here is that the Quran is teaching us how does reality operates. If you read through the Quran really fast, you're going to miss 90% of it, and you're only going to get the big picture items, which is fine. So we're going to go really, really slowly to unlock a lot of these things, inshallah. Having said that, we're already at 529, but let me then bring up us to the, the, the fundamental lesson of today. And again, for those of you who've taken this with me, uh, hopefully as the repetition, it'll it'll sink in more and more. If you take all of the Islamic sciences, okay, all of the Islamic sciences, you can categorize them at three levels. One are the, the references, the set of references. One are the practical sciences. And then one would be the abstract. So the practical, the reference, the references are basically uh, Arabic language, everything related to the Quran, everything related to the Prophet, peace be upon him. In Sunni Islam, everything related to the Prophet would include the companions and the successors and their successors. In Shia Islam, it'd be the Prophet and the Imams, right? So the Arabic, uh, the, uh, the everything related to the Quran, and everything uh, related to the Prophet, peace be upon him. So Arabic. Quran, Prophet. That's for Kibria. Anyone went down and create the flowchart? I'll create the flowchart. Okay. The practical sciences are essentially law, purification, and character. Okay. So law, sharia, and fiqh, and then purification is tazkiyah. Character would be character as well as manners, akhlaq, and adab. Why are they practical? Because they're actually focused on action. There are things to do. Abstract would be theology. Okay. Uh, philosophy. History. And this includes other things like logic and such. These are things that are conceptual. These are all the core Islamic sciences. Okay. All of this gets traced back to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and the Quran. And the Prophet is basically the Sunnah and the Hadith. The Sunnah in this context would be those things he did repeatedly. The Hadith would be reports of everything that he did, everything he said, everything, everything he seemed to witness, giving approval. All of that gets traced back to the first surah. All of that gets traced back to the first line, which we call the Basmalah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. All of that gets traced back to the first letter, Ba, or B. So what am I saying here? The more I know and understand the Ba, 
of Bismillah Rahman Rahim, the B, then the more I understand the essence of the next level, which is Bismillah Rahman Rahim, the Basmallah. The more thoroughly I know the Basmallah, Bismillah Rahman Rahim, the more I know the essence of Al Fatiha. The more thoroughly I know Al Fatiha, the more I understand the essence of all of the rest of the Quran and the Prophet, peace be upon him. And the more thoroughly I know the content of the Quran and the Prophet, peace be upon him, the more I know the essence of the Islamic sciences. And so what is the B of Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim in or with? Right, in the name of Allah, the first line, with the name of Allah, it's in or with, it's a preposition, right? But what is that all about? It's about connection. Which goes back to our point that one of the essences of all the essences of Islam is relationships. And so even the word for religion in Arabic, deen, is your system of interaction. Or that which is a sin, it's a sin because Allah says it's a sin, but what is the consequence of a sin? It's straining or breaking a relationship. If I lie to you, I'm straining or breaking my relationship with you. If I skip a prayer, I'm straining or breaking my relationship with God. Those are what sins are. They all do this to the connections. They strain or break connections. Likewise, the good deeds, in theory, stabilize or reinforce them. Or what is the word for the daily prayers? Salah, which literally means connection. Connection with Allah, connection with the Prophet, peace be upon him. Connection with nature, because this is how we know what time it is to pray. Connection with the community, because the best prayers are done in congregation. Connection with yourself. Five connections, right? This is a theme that runs throughout the entirety of Islam connection. And if you think about our era, I'm going to sound like a Marxist, but if you think about our era, so much of this, our era is alienation, right? Or relationships get replaced with other types of relationships, you know, cyber relationships, social networks, and all those things. There's still a type of relationship and such. But that is your lesson for today. That if all you get from today is that the essence of all this is relationships or connection, then the class has been a success. Those of you who want to do the first homework assignment, I'll be giving homework assignments, but I'm not going to be grading them unless you want to review them with me. I want you to privately for yourself, but you're welcome to share with me for further learning, is list out your 20 to 25 closest relationships. List number one. And be honest with yourself. And then list number two, list what should be your 20 to 25 closest relationships. That's list number two. List number one, what is it? Number two, what should it be? And then from there, think of one baby step to make list number one more like list number two. It might be to improve this person is a relationship, and that just might be a- accomplished by contacting them more. Uh, so now this question, what do you mean by relationship with a person or, f- or a thing like food? All of it. So if people are being honest, this is going to be near the top. This is a phone in case you can't see what I'm holding. But yeah. So yeah. Any questions about anything at all? So we didn't even make it through beyond the first letter of Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Uh, tomorrow, inshallah, we'll make it at least through the first half. No questions? Okay. 
Yes, where's his voice? Kibria. So like, I, I think just for folks that are taking this course first time or even those repeaters, like it's interesting, the whole Asmada and the Bees, it's just fascinating the way you taught before. And every time I try to like uh, connect the dots from any lessons, it always ended up in the B and Basmela. And mm -hmm. it was, it's just like, you can't, you can't almost like go to anywhere. You can't even run away from it. And you ties back to this one aspect relationship. Is it connecting me or disconnect me from Allah? Yes. My family, my, and, and it's just amazing that how much powerful this is. And I think you mentioned uh, Ali Rafa one time, he said that if you understand the, the B and Basmela, you understand the entire deen. Yeah, this is, I'm actually taking, it's a teaching from Ali. May Allah be pleased with him. And he takes it a step further. He said, you can even trace the Ba back to the dot, but that gets into things that are more advanced that we're not going to get into right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Alex, you had a question. Yeah, um, I just realized that it was the 20th, so I'll just email you. That's okay. Okay, okay sounds good. <laughs> uh, Bilal says, feel free to email him if you'd like him to share his Google Docs, uh, his his notes. And so bilal.muzaffer at gmail.com. Any other questions, reflections about anything else related, unrelated? Hey, Salakum. I had a quick oh, question. So. Yes. Um, yeah. Wait, is so this, you is this the Azam? Oh, mashallah. Yeah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you officially. <laughs> Glad to be here. Um, yeah. So my question was about going back to the four modes of explanation. Yeah. It wasn't really like kind of related to the main topic here, but just more curious about the difference between you mentioned will and Bayan. I just want to know more about that. Yeah, those. so a way to think about it is tafsir is a formal term. And uh, the other three are not as formal, so they tend to be a bit more fluid. So you understood the, the concept of tafsir in the sense that it's not so much saying uh, Allah says this, but here what he, here's what he means as much as here's what Allah says, and here's the universe of, of what we would include in this ayah. And so Tawil and Bayan is more in the realm of reflection versus scholarship. So tafsir is rigorous, various levels of rigor. Uh, scholarship in terms of uh, exploring ayahs. Ta'wil, so that's tafsir. Ta'wil is a little bit of scholarship, scholarliness. It might be talking uh -huh. about vocabulary and all those things. Bayan is a bit more reflective, but ta'wil and bayan can also be sort of interchanged. But bayan gets more reflective. And then Tadabur is more of a deep dive into a particular gotcha. passage. Make sense? And and this class is a form of Tadabur. Sort of like Tadabur, as as we'll see cool. over the course of, uh, even like think of today. Today was 30 minutes leading to one simple point, which was one letter from the first ayah. Great. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. Any other questions about anything else? Again, by all means, all questions are welcome. Nather. And then uh, Yes, alaikum. Um, just one question. So, like the the concept of relationships lives on level two, like out of the three levels. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of just curious. I don't know why the central theme of that level as opposed to the central theme of level one or level three, or am I thinking too much about it? I think uh, well, relationships applies to all the levels. Uh, the big point that I'm trying to emphasize with level one is that the Quran is Allah and the Prophet, peace be upon him. As though nothing else exists except for Allah and the Prophet, peace be upon him. And thus, in whatever is being sent down, 
is the Prophet's embodiment of whatever Allah is giving him. Because embodiment applies to all three levels as well. That fundamentally we're speaking about embodying the whole uh, uh, experience of, of the Quran itself. So all of these apply to all the levels. But for the first level, I'm just emphasizing embodiment. For the second, it's the Prophet. And what do we call his companions? We call them companions. That's a statement of relationship, right? And then, and then with us, uh, we're all seeking to embody. We're also seeking relationships and such. Um, but I'm emphasizing interpretation is the big part of our experience. Make sense? I think so, yeah. Thank sure. you. Absolutely. Alex. Yeah, so there's a class at 6 o'clock, correct? Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll stick around for that one. Just send you an email. Okay, inshallah. Uh, Nadia is asking, where can we find the Zoom link for this class in case someone missed the first one and wants to join next week? So the Zoom link is going to be the same for all of these, which is literally my phone number at Loyola. It's 773-508-2220. That's literally the Zoom link. Um, but if you also do like zoom.com slash Omar Muzaffar, that should probably get you there as well. That's the Zoom link every single day. Um, just remember, no class on Thursdays. But the recording link that I will try to, to put up, um, my schedule is going to be really, really packed as soon as Ramadan begins. So I'll try to get up as soon as I can, inshallah. I will probably be late, though. Any other questions about anything else? Okay, very good. Uh, some of you we will see in 20 minutes, inshallah. And some of you, inshallah, we'll see tomorrow. And those of you who miss days, no worries. I mean, you're not going to get penalized. But um, like I said, I'll try to post recordings and such. But today was very much a uh, a good hint of how class will operate. But it'll steadily be more discussion and far less lecture. And so please be prepared to share your ideas and at least turn your cameras on. I mean, only two people have their cameras on. Please, please. Okay. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu wa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu wa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma, glory to you, O Allah. Wa bihamdika, praise and gratitude are to you. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. We bear witness there is no God but you. Nastaghfiruka, we seek your forgiveness. Wa natubu ilayk and we turn to you. All right. May Allah tell reward you all, inshallah, and we will continue. Tomorrow, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullah.